0: Come on in to Kick It It, the Northwestern Soccer Podcast. I'm Finn Malik, joined by Austin Miller. You already know who we are. Uh, it's an emergency episode of Kick It, it. Not an emergency in a bad reason. It's a good reason, because Northwestern... Are is, there good emergencies? I don't know. Maybe emergency is the wrong word. It's a surprise. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. I like that one better. I like that okay, one. I like that one better. Well, other than the fact we told you we'd be doing this on Shh. Tuesday. But maybe they didn't listen. Maybe you didn't listen. You're turning the first one this week. We're here to talk Northwestern's women's soccer only. They're in the Big Ten tournament, quarterfinal Sunday versus Purdue, clinched the second seed after defeating Michigan State 1-0 on Wednesday night. And Austin, it's pretty much the best night possible for Northwestern on Wednesday. I feel like
1: we have a lot to talk about on this podcast. It's only been, what, two days since we last did a podcast, but so much has happened in those two days. we get a chance to talk Big Ten postseason awards, which came out today. Some good news for the Wildcats, some bad news for the Wildcats, we'll get into that. we get a chance to break down this Big Ten tournament, and then of course (coughs) talk about this Michigan State game. So yeah, there is a lot, and as you said, as far as Wednesday night could have gone for Northwestern, I think all things considered, everything happened that the Wildcats would have wanted to happen. Primarily, the first goal going into the night was get a home game. And they did that. They got that done. A 1-0 win against Michigan State. Before we get into everything else, I think we should start by breaking that down. And it was kind of exactly what we expected. Northwestern was the better team. Northwestern controlled possession. Northwestern played well. Took a little bit to find that goal, but they found the goal. And then I thought they did a pretty good job of shutting the door after that. Michigan State had a chance late. Kind of got nervy for the last 90 seconds. But beyond that, I thought Northwestern was really composed this entire match and did exactly what you would have
0: wanted them to do in a road game against a team that's not that great. I think you you nailed everything, Austin. It was a solid Michigan State team playing better than the third worst team in the conference. Part of it was senior day. Part of it was the soft turf and the, uh, uh, and the weather just kind of cold and dreary. But Northwestern took care of business. They dominated the whole game, created a few chances not too into the first half, second half, really brought it and then something we've been talking about a bit has been the set piece of variety for Northwestern. This was a short corner kick taken to Cassidy Gorman, fired a good shot into the box, went into the mixer, Brett Oliveira got a nice touch on it, went to the goal, that's all you need and Northwestern proving they're not just a one-trick pony at their most dangerous set pieces.
1: Yeah, this was, is, is exactly like you said. Vigiano took the corner for Northwestern and kind of spun back around to Gorman from a tight angle. And she did a really good oh. job with this. Because I mean, I think even if this ball didn't take a touch yeah, off of Levera, I think it was on target. It did look like it took the slightest of touches off Levera. She did get credit for the goal, so just an assist for Cassidy Gorman. But she put the ball in hard with a lot of pace into the mixer, as you said, and Levera did enough to steer it into a position where Ott, the Michigan State goalkeeper, couldn't get to it. 1-0 lead for Northwestern, and then they really saw it out well. Lauren Clem kind of had to do a little bit more than you would have liked for her to do in the final 90 seconds of this match, but all things
0: considered, I think Northwestern should be really happy with this performance. It was composed. And to cap it off for Northwestern, that's four straight shutouts to close out the season. And Austin, to me, this looks like the defense we saw from last year. Yeah. They, it, it's back in its best form. Right now, you'd be hard-pressed to find a team that's going to score on them.
1: Yeah, and you'd be hard-pressed to find a team that's going to come into the Big Ten tournament with better form. I think maybe Ohio State, simply because they've been that strong all year. Buckeyes are 9-2 and two in the Big Ten. They lost to Northwestern and Rutgers, two very solid teams. But outside of that, you know, you look at the other teams that are high-seeded in this tournament. Purdue, who Northwestern will play, stumbling into the Big Ten tournament with one win in their last five. Penn State had a chance to clinch the number two seed.
0: They couldn't do that. They actually went and lost to Wisconsin. Penn, Penn State has one win in their last four. Draws to Rutgers, at Rutgers, draw to Purdue. Good result for the Boilermakers. And then that seasoning loss, lost Wisconsin kind of coming in on a slide. And one thing we know, Austin, is that Penn State couldn't even get home field advantage and they're markedly worse uh, away away from home. Yeah, and Rutgers is a team that is, is solid, but hasn't been overly
1: impressive, at least offensively, down the stretch. They've not scored more than one goal in a match since the end of September when they put two past Illinois. They've done it with defense, obviously, and they've defended quite well, all things considered. Northwestern comes into the Big Ten Tournament as the in-form team. I think Ohio State is the class of the conference still. They won the number one seed. They were outright champions, five points clear of anybody else. But Northwestern already beat Ohio State, and they did that on the road in in kind of that slugfest-type game. Kayla Sharples, header. how else? For Northwestern. So I think the Wildcats will feel really good about their chances coming into the Big Ten tournament. And as we talked about, Wednesday night went so well for Northwestern, Amit, that I think you and I are of the opinion that the three most dangerous teams in this tournament for Northwestern, which would be Ohio State, Rutgers, and Penn State, are all on the other side of the bracket. Northwestern, will play a Purdue team that granted they lost to earlier, but as we said, is not coming in in great form. We'll break down that matchup in a bit. But then Minnesota-Wisconsin, two teams that Northwestern has beaten would be who they would face <coughs> off in the semifinal. So I think there's every chance that Northwestern could find
0: themselves in the Big Ten Tournament Championship. I think the bracket really opened up for the Wildcats. Three teams that Northwestern, I think the lesser of the, the other teams in, to- in that side of the bracket, obviously the bottom of the bracket helps out. Um, I mean, Penn State, Rutgers—they t- have to take on each other. Ohio State feels really good about beating Iowa. Iowa really don't know how they got in. Well, I know how. Nebraska drew six matches. That's their fault. But I was not going to give Ohio State no. a fight. Not no. really. Ohio State's going to win that one. The easily. good news for you is that also, if you take care of business against Purdue, you take care of business against a team you you favor yourself against. Wisconsin, sure. Minnesota. You know, I'm trying to say it's one match at a time. You like Northwestern chance to get the final, but when you, if you get there. You only have to play one of those three really good teams, and it's a one-off match. You don't have to get through two really tough matches. For Northwestern, they should expect, I think right now the expectation has to be, we want to be in that final on Sunday in Bloomington, or in Indianapolis. And granted, it's,
1: look, as you said, Amit, it is one match at a time, and Northwestern has had that mindset for the last four matches, and they shouldn't change that mindset. They're not going to change that mindset, but we're in a position that maybe we can look at it with that. I think Northwestern has, as you said, every possibility to make it to the final and then you like your chances because you only have to play one of the three teams that i know for you and me at least would scare you on paper that's not to say that minnesota or wisconsin or even heck purdue
0: minnesota is better than they played against uh northwestern in the game northwestern won. sure purdue beat northwestern right you could totally be an outsider thinking why are these guys so excited to play a team they lost to like but i think you feel good
1: about and where Northwestern is at in the realm of this Big Ten tournament and what what they're feeling coming into it. And, again, as we've said, as we kind of get into this Purdue match a little bit more before we look at the Big Ten tournament as a whole, since Purdue beat Northwestern, they beat them 2-0, we'll talk about that game a bit, on the 1st of October, so the first day of the month, since then, Purdue managed to win one match and they drew another. Granted, that draw is probably the best result of their year, away to Penn State, that's a really hard place to get a result. Purdue went and did that. But in between that win (laughs) against Northwestern, They strung together four losses to Wisconsin, Minnesota, Nebraska, Iowa. Again, solid teams in Wisconsin and Minnesota, but in Nebraska and Iowa, at home for Purdue, to leave that string of matches with no points had to be really disappointing. Then they finished off their year with a 2-0 victory over a Maryland team that managed to score one goal in October. Purdue has been on a slide. That doesn't mean they're not dangerous, but if you look at the sheer form of these
0: two teams coming into this match, Northwestern, of is on form. Purdue is not. Maryland one of the worst, the worst team in the conference this season hurt by their injuries midseason Purdue is lucky they got to play Maryland in that final game because if not the form they were in they could be looking at sitting outside of the big Ten tournament and they also got lucky not well they, they took care of business but that Michigan couldn't get a result against Rutgers Purdue
1: also really fortunate in that they did not play Rutgers and they did not play Ohio State this year this yeah, the they gave a
0: break and they snuck in into a seven seed um you know, three points ahead of a team, Iowa, that's not a very good team. This Purdue team is not, I remember earlier this season when we played them the first time, you and I also were saying, this is a solid Purdue team. Uh, we, We were worried about going on the road to play Purdue, it's a really tough match. I think the whole mindset has changed for both sides since then. Northwestern feels really good, they're in really good form, Purdue's not, and Northwestern's now at home. This is going to be a very tall task for Purdue to get a result. And let's go back to that game. We're going to go full-on preview here. Let's remind you what happened the first time. Northwestern went to Purdue 1st of October. At the time, Northwestern, this th- they were this made them 3-2-1 in the Big Ten. Purdue, this win gave them 4 oh, and one That's why we are thinking. They were on the top of the table. They were on the top of the – this was right when Northwestern had a chance to go top of the table. This was a six-pointer at the top, and Purdue got the result and it was two set-piece goals for Kylie Hayes. Just kind of fluky, especially because Northwestern doesn't concede set-piece goals that often. Looking
1: back on that for Northwestern, Amit, those are two goals that, again, you probably don't expect that result. That's not to say Purdue can't score against Northwestern. But with four straight clean sheets, I think it's going to take more than a a box scramble for Purdue to get a goal. And they got two of them in that manner. That doesn't mean they're not dangerous, but they're going to have to be different than that because I don't think Purdue should come to Martin Stadium counting on turning a set piece into a goal again. Not in the form that Lauren Clem has played. I thought Lauren Clem was brilliant against Nebraska. She's really come on
0: by the end of the season. It looks like she is locked in and in She made a huge save when she needed to against Michigan State there at the stretch. The communication about the back line has also been great. I think the other thing is that I'm sure you'll hear uh, in my interview with Moynihan, Coach Moynihan after this, we realized this stat. Northwestern hasn't conceded at home in Big Ten play since the match against Michigan last year. And that was a penalty. And that was a penalty kick. I told Coach Moynihan I'd have to go back and find out the last time Northwestern conceded a goal in open play in Big Ten play. It's been a long time, Austin
1: they are dangerous at home and it's going to be your typical martin stadium afternoon if you look at the weather forecast it's going to be 48 degrees it's probably going to be windy it's going to be cold and it's a tough place for a visiting team to come in and again the profile of this purdue team emit is i think one that northwestern likes to see in that purdue goes as their best player goes maddie williams 14 goals eight assists big 10 forward of the year she is in. Very talented goal scorer. But Northwestern has done really well against those type of players this year. Sydney Squires, Colby Scirocco, we've mentioned those names a lot. Northwestern has shut those type of players down. That's going to be the matchup with Williams. She's not big. She's not physical. Davison and Sharples both have the physical advantage on Williams, but she's cheeky. I admit. she's... She's tactically sound, she's quick, she can get in positions, and she's just a good goal scorer. Yeah. That's the ty- I think that's the player that Northwestern will lock in on. If they deny service to Williams, they
0: deny her the opportunity. Again, not just the goals. she has eight assists for Purdue this year. That's she's, a great she's tally. very talented. And you look at a few other, the question always is, Austin, is there enough secondary support for a team to make Northwestern's defense do some thinking when they're defending? And you look at Andrea Petrina, seven goals, five assists. That's pretty good. Hannah Melchior. Six, uh, six assists, four goals. Those are solid numbers for secondary options. And if Purdue wants a chance in this game, those two players are going to have to come alive. Because even though Maddie Williams is creative, doesn't just score goals, we can guarantee you that number one priority from the get-go is that Maddie Williams is not going to see a lot of the ball. And Maddie Williams can guarantee
1: you that, too. She's coming into the game knowing that Northwestern is going to do what they can to take her out of the match, so she's going to have to find ways to get involved. She may have to drop deep back into the midfield. We saw that with Sydney Squires with Minnesota. She just simply couldn't get possession in the final third. She was tracking back all the way to the midway line just to get a touch. (laughs) So I think you'll see Northwestern take that type of approach. And look, Purdue has been dangerous offensively. They put two past Maryland. They got two past Penn State. Even in that losing streak to Nebraska and Iowa, they scored three goals in those matches. It's just they happened to concede five. So that tells me that Purdue is going to be vulnerable at the back end. And Northwestern has shown themselves to be dangerous from the run of play and, of course, always dangerous on set pieces. That's where Northwestern is going to look
0: to strike. And I think that's where Purdue really needs to be cautious. Yeah, I'll, I'll run through those ranking summaries. Yeah, baby. Pull it up. Pull it up. favorite thing to do on these previews, uh, Purdue second in the conference with two goals a game. You said they're scoring offense, Austin. Elite r- stretch in the Big Ten. That's also again, 39th in the country. Some of that is, is inflated inflated by that six goals they yeah. put past Michigan State. But again, they,
1: they've got a pretty good
0: scoring yeah. record.
1: They only failed to score once in Big Ten play this year. That was on the road in a 2-0 loss to Minnesota.
0: But then you also look at their defense. Their goals against average as a team is 10th in the conference. They allow 1.2 goals a game. Here's the problem with those numbers. If you're giving up a goal a game and you play a team like Northwestern and you concede first, you're in trouble. That Northwestern, outside of that one game against Cincinnati, has not given up a lead once it's taken it. And that's gone back to last year. This is just not a team that gives up leads. Goalkeeper for do not that impressive. Katie Loose ninth in the in the conference and shutouts with just five doesn't make that many saves it doesn't even rank nationally this is you know the stats aren't great here for purdue in terms of defensive wise offensively an elite offensive team maddie williams 10th in the country in goals per game scoring at 0.8 per game which is an absurd rate for any level of soccer no matter where you are so again it's going to be an offensive team for purdue a tough way to go because they have to play a tight defense conditions are going to be against them, Northwestern's at home. And Austin, the other thing you said we should mention, this is a very big occasion for Purdue. They've kind of overpunched their weight. Their first Big Ten tournament since 2008. That's a huge hallmark for the program. Yeah, and that could go one of two ways
1: for Purdue. That could go that they've not been in a moment like this, and that the pressure might get to them. Whereas and this is not something that you maybe would have expected to be able to say about Northwestern women's soccer, and you couldn't have said a few years ago. Northwestern women's soccer has been in this moment. You know, this is—they're looking at their third straight NCAA tournament appearance. Did really well two years ago to get a game away to Washington State and win last year. Made it all the way to the final sixteen in the NCAA tournament. This team is battle-tested. This team is experienced. The moment will not get <laughs> to Northwestern. It may not get to Purdue. I don't want to put it out there, yeah. as though. It's going it's to. It's just but it certainly could. on the table. It's worth. It's this worth. Is not mentioning. a
0: squad that has. I think the squad has almost no postseason experience. Northwestern, a few of this team, has been to two NCAA tournaments. So, you know, they've been to three Big Ten tournaments. This is a team that knows what to do. Three years ago in the Big Ten tournament, Austin, Northwestern upset Penn State in the first round. They were number six in the country at that time. So Northwestern has a lot of experience, and especially the coaches here. Michael Moynihan's going to know what it's like to, to manage in a knockout game. So I think you and I are probably of the same feeling about this match. I it, it
1: feels like it's going to be—it's tight. It, it's postseason football. It's going to be tight. We know it's going to be tight. But that Northwestern—it might be kind of like the Michigan State match went, where Northwestern it's, is—
0: It's been like this for a lot of matches. Sure. You see all these teams. Northwestern clearly has an advantage, but Northwestern's their strength isn't scoring a ton of goals. The question is, when can they get it? How early? It's going to be, it might be ugly, but if not, great. And then once they get that lead, can any team, you know, get a result from Northwestern?
1: And I think that's going to be the question for Purdue. The stats would tell you that they're probably going to concede. The stats would also tell you that they're probably going to score, though. And that's what Purdue is going to be hanging their hat on. If the
0: Boilermakers can come and get an early lead, you totally turn this match on its head. That game is exactly what Purdue wants, because... If they can defend and make Northwestern have to score, that's the exact scenario Northwestern doesn't want to be in. And th- that happened in the first game against Purdue. Northwestern didn't look great offensively in that game. wasn't particularly sharp. The other thing I want to mention, Austin, is that it is a knockout game. Penalty kicks yep. are on the table. We get to overtime. You might feel like Purdue really wants to play for that overtime, but Northwestern really wants to push for a goal. Obviously, I feel like Lauren Clem gives Northwestern advantage in any penalty shootout. They won one penalty shootout last year. But if you're Northwestern, you don't want to have to go play one. Sure. I'm sure you'll say, we feel confident, but this is a game you want to win in regulation. So far this year on penalties for
1: Northwestern, Marissa Luciano, <coughs> the only person to take a penalty for Northwestern, she converted all of the attempts, which were two. For Purdue, they were two of three so far this year on penalties. So you're going to have a lot of players who don't have a lot of experience taking penalties this year who, in a pot- potential penalty shootout situation, in it would be tasked with taking those kicks from the spot.
0: Yeah, Northwestern would hope it doesn't get there. Um, that about wraps it up for this game. This is going to be a really good one. Sunday, two thirty p.m. Central Time. Getting the band back together, Amit. What do be on you the know? Call? You and I are going to be on the call. Austin on play-by-play. Play, I'll be on color. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to be one. trying to stay warm. Is it gonna yeah, it's going to be goal number one. Cool. And also, if you're if you're listening, make sure you tune in ahead of time. We're going to have a really nice pregame show. We're going to give this a full treatment as a postseason game. So make sure you tune in. Maybe even as early as two p.m. Should be a really good one. Also, let's look around the Big Ten at the rest of this bracket before we wrap up with postseason awards. Intriguing. Intriguing. Some good, some good stuff. I'm really excited about this Penn State-Rutgers match, and I'm glad we got it in the first round. Yeah. Two teams that are...
1: You would not expect Penn State-Rutgers to be filling up the 4-5 and five slot of this bracket. But two, here they two are,
0: probably best talent-wise teams in the conference. I
1: think I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Casey Murphy, the probably the best talent-wise goalkeeper. Penn State has a lot of, of dangerous attackers, and for Northwestern, a bit <laughs> fortunate maybe, but they outpointed Penn State and Rutgers yeah. this year. The
0: Cats for, got to twenty-two, for, and those two teams got to twenty-one. For reference, this is like a third, fourth-round NCAA tournament game in any year if these two teams would ever meet up. And we're seeing it in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, and and I'm very excited for that one. And I think. Both those teams
1: are going to be under a little bit of pressure here. They're both safe as far as the NCAA tournament is concerned. The RPI numbers, even with a loss for Penn State coming into that match, they were 11th. No danger there. Rutgers, no danger. But these two teams could be playing for national seeding. I mean, the top 16 yeah. teams get and a number.
0: That loss for Penn State might knock Penn State out of those top four seeds. Sure. And that,
1: and that could certainly play a role. Ohio State another team that has postseason implications here because the top eight teams, as we know, are in line to potentially host second and third round matches. And that could be big for a team like Ohio, Ohio State. Ohio
0: State, if they win the Big Ten tournament, they'd feel pretty good about sneaking into that eighth spot, maybe where Penn State was. Yeah, and it's interesting because I think all three of those teams could have a shout for that, but only one of them can potentially win the yeah. Big Ten tournament, and maybe even none of them. It's going to be really tough for those teams. And Rutgers, we talked about Penn State's form, a little bit of a slide. Rutgers is coming in three wins, two draws before that, and a big win over Ohio State, the top team of the conference. Rutgers is kind of clicking at the right time, even if their defensive, re- and their defensive record has also come back. Their
1: defensive record is sterling. They've not conceded in their last four. You know, they only conceded goals in Big Ten play. I think what concerns you is the offense maybe hasn't been clicking like you think it would when you look at all the talent that they have. But three straight 1-0 no wins, that will get the job done. <laughs> Rutgers-Penn State, an incredibly intriguing match in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. Wisconsin-Minnesota, also another intriguing match of the
0: Big Ten tournament. I think those two teams, admit are really evenly matched. Yeah, they're both solid, just really solid Big Ten teams. They know how to execute. and It's going to be a tight game. Uh, a little bit of a rivalry, Wisconsin-Minnesota. Absolutely, yeah, very like close. 100% a rivalry. It's going to be a good game, and for Minnesota... They have the. More, I think they have more talent. I think they can attack the ball, but it, attack well with the ball at their feet. But if they're slow and bogged down, Wisconsin could definitely take advantage of them. I think that's another really intriguing
1: match. And as we said, we both favor Ohio State against Iowa, but you look at that potential semifinal matchup, Ohio State against either Penn State or Rutgers, that's a huge game, and that's going to be a very, very fun match as well. So a lot of really great matchups in the Big Ten. And as we've kind of talked about, and as we'll probably touch on next week or maybe the week after that when we record it, very
0: strong conference, Big Ten, this year. That. And that's such great news for the Big Ten in terms of postseason implications because two years ago, the Big Ten was not strong. And, and two years ago, the Big Ten regular season champion didn't even get a berth. Yeah, that was Wisconsin it's good for the it's good for the conference, obviously that they're doing well, and it's really good for every team because it means that it helps your NCAA tournament chances. Austin, you know, I've been looking at some bracketology. We can expect to post on that maybe after this weekend about you know the whole national scene, and I think the big question for us is whether or not Northwestern can host a first round NCAA tournament game. And that's also the question for Wisconsin. But that's and Minnesota. the question for Wisconsin and Minnesota, and I think the winner of this game, two teams so close in RPI, is going to have a real shot to host. Uh, a first-round NCAA tournament game. And you look at the NCAA bubble for Purdue, this is a huge game because they're out right now. They will not make the NCAA tournament probably if they lose to Northwestern. But if they win... Their chances are very much real, and the thing that always happens when you come into postseason, it's not just that you get
1: that one win, then you get another chance to get a win. And so but for you Purdue, building on your resume, they don't necessarily have to win the Big Ten tournament to make the NCAA tournament, but they probably need to win a game, maybe even
0: two. Yeah. a lot of pressure. Purdue at fifty nine on RPI. This was before their win over Maryland, but it's that not Maryland bump win all. exactly that, it that might Maryland. even. They'll probably stay around there. Yeah, Maryland at 74 in the
1: RPI, yeah. so maybe a
0: slight bump up for Purdue, but nothing huge. Yeah, the problem is for Purdue, they'd have to sneak up around 50-53 to have a chance. They'd have to beat Northwestern. And also for Northwestern, they're at 41. They lose to Purdue. I think it puts them on the last four in at the edge of that bubble, but I don't think a loss to Purdue knocks Northwestern no. out of the, the NCAA tournament. They've done enough work down that back half of the Big Ten stretch to make it in. You'll feel a lot more comfortable if they don't lose.
1: But, again, I think Michigan State was really kind of the last roadblock for that. There's a lot more There's to no play more for. bad
0: losses here right. for Northwestern. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Um, get a home match, I think, is, is the big question now for Northwestern. And to do that, they're probably going to need to pick up a win or two in the Big
0: Ten tournament. But, yeah. As far yeah. as in the NCAA I tournament... Two, I think two wins can. in the Big Ten tournament seals home field advantage yep. for Northwestern. I think we're Anything to. short of that, it's tricky because the way the bracket committee does it is they see their top 16 teams and then they give home matches based a lot on geography and the better team in the area. But there's no givens. Last year, Michigan ranked 50 in RPI, hosted a first round NCAA tournament game... That they lost. That they lost to SIUE. So, some really funky stuff can happen. We'll talk more about that next week. Quick correction on that was Illinois State. Sorry, Illinois beat Michigan.
1: State. S a u e went and beat Notre Dame, they, and then Notre we got Dame to have three th- Illinois teams in North Carolina. So right. Sorry,
0: all those. I Illinois know you teams got you got you me. got your directional Illinois schools mixed up. It's understandable. I hate to see it. Understandable. Um, let's wrap up here, Austin, with some talk about the All Big Ten awards, and we'll good. We'll start with the good news. Yep. Northwestern had four players honored. Marissa Vigiano, first team all Big Ten. Kayla Sharple's first team all Big Ten. That's Sharple's second honor. Marissa Vigiano improving on her second team all Big Ten finish last year. Third team all Big Ten, Hannah Davison. Second straight year she's done that. And then all Big Ten all freshman team, Reagan uh Only had one goal this season, but if you watch her play, you understand why she's so dynamic. Really good, I think, for her to get on that team. But the number one storyline here, Austin, regardless of who made it, is who didn't make it. And I know you and I are very angry about this, and we're here to vent on the Kickin' It podcast. Sure. Lauren Clem did not make the first team, did not make the second team, and did not make the third team. And the third team had three goalkeepers, which means that Big Ten coaches thought that there were five goalkeepers better than Lauren Clem in the Big Ten. And Austin, tell me why that is blatantly false. I mean, it is. Anybody who follows the Big Ten would know. I think... Casey Murphy
1: as first team, all Big Ten is first-team All-Big Ten goalkeepers. You can't really argue not Understandable choice. She's a fantastic player, USA U20 goalkeeper at the World Cup. She's really, really good. Deserved first-team award for her. Lauren Clem, I think, had an argument to be second-team, but I understand the Devon, thinking.
0: Devon Kerr had a good season.
1: Yeah, solid. Ohio State, yeah. best team in the conference, good defensively. Kerr didn't have to do a ton for them. I, I don't agree with it, but you can understand she, the reasoning The reason why,
0: it. she didn't make that many saves. She made 50 saves. Is that right? I think it was even less than even that. Even less than that. So, not that much. But again, but, you understand. Yeah, you understand. And because you want to also reward the number one team sure. in the conference. Here's where we have some bones to pick. Yeah. Rachel, Rachel Aguette, Maryland. Sarah Jackson, Michigan. And Aubrey Corder, Nebraska. None, none of is, these none of these girls have a real good case at all to
1: be part of the Lord Club. None of them were better statistically than Lauren Clem, and I don't think any of them really showed better if, if you watch. It's not like something slipped beneath the cracks in that, oh, well, you when you watch Rachel great at Maryland, you realize she's better. They're simply not. Sarah Jackson wasn't even a full-time starter for Michigan. Uh, she only played in 12 matches this year. She went the distance in eight, so she went the distance in less than 50% of their matches. She did not keep a clean sheet all year. It's How it's How get
0: on the Big Ten third team goalkeepers. If you didn't keep a clean sheet, that's what you're supposed to do. Four
1: t- four appearances, she did manage to go without conceding a goal, but three of those were only for a half. One of those was for 65 minutes to seal a result against Wake Forest. You look at Maryland. Maryland was not good. Rachel Eged, not great. Uh, she kept five clean sheets, but just one of those came against an RPI top 100 team. In a 3-0 win against Navy, which was actually a really impressive result for Maryland. But the conference shutouts came against Michigan State and Illinois. She's 5th in saves in the Big Ten, ninth in clean sheets. Doesn't even crack the top 10 in save percentage in the Big Ten. And Audrey recorder, <coughs> simply not as good as Lauren Clem. There's really just no way around it. Um, that's not to take anything away from these three players, but they should not be in the
0: All-Big Ten team ahead of Lord And Lauren oh. Clem won, just won three straight defensive player of the week in right. the Big Ten. It's, it's absurd to think. had the most shutouts in the conference for a second straight season, and she's tied for fourth all-time in NCAA history in clean sheets. And that's not to say
1: that last year's performances should factor into this year's it awards. No, no, it shouldn't, but last year she was the Big Ten goalkeeper of the year. It's ridiculous to think. And put similar numbers up. That somehow she has gone from being the best in the conference to not even in the top five in the span of 12 months. Um it's it's just yeah. not right. it's not. Um, it, it's not. Lauren Clum this year in big Ten play alone, which I think is a pretty fair um, fair look at, at what happened. conceded seven goals, kept seven clean sheets. If you keep a clean sheet for every single goal you concede, you take that. you take that almost every. I don't time. know, I don't know how yeah. else to put it.
0: And three of those goals came against Penn State. Not gonna say that that was uh, an a like there was a good win for Penn State. Those three goals certainly count. But then you look at that, the rest of the 10 matches, only conceding three goals, that .300 goals against average is very similar to last year's mark for Northwestern, which was under .3. That's what we're talking about the Northwestern defense week back. I think this is one that's not going to sit well with us. Uh, it probably won't sit with Lauren Clem, especially as a senior year. She's not going to get an award after having racked up. Well, some. she got the sportsmanship she award. She got the sportsmanship award, which, knowing Lauren Clem as a as a person, as we do Austin, it makes a lot of sense that she won that. Sure. But, but I think I'd you, take. You, you'd, you'd rather take. I would take Ten the All Big Ten award. Yeah. But that's just me. Um,
1: yeah. And again, like, Lauren Clem would probably tell you that it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. matter. It's about her team. And that's fine. I and get that. And that's fine. But
0: we're here to, to tell, tell you it, that, it to does that it does and that it does. you got robbed. Yeah. This
1: is absurd. Absolutely absurd. Um, and as we said earlier in the pod a bit, Clem has been on tremendous form lately. She's been playing really well. Not just that Northwestern managed to keep all those clean sheets. She played a big part in that. And that wasn't necessarily always the case last year. That's not to take anything away from her. But that's to say that she wasn't making saves of the caliber that she's made this year, last year. And now that she is, I think she's even that much better of a player. And if you watch Northwestern's last four matches, it's
0: really hard to say that that goalkeeper is not among the top five in the conference. I couldn't agree with you more, Austin. Looking at the rest of this list, uh, the forwards and all the Big Ten first team, all very good. Sydney Squires, S- uh, Sammy Edwards, Maddie Williams, who we talked about. And then even some really good second options on the second team. Danny Rhodes had 15 goals. Ch- Jamie Cheslick had a ton of goals. Megan Schaefer, very good as well. I think this is, it's you know, very impressive forward output this year for the Big Ten. We saw a lot of really impressive campaigns. Midfielder, definitely hard to judge. I can't speak. But a lot of these players because their stats don't exactly jump off. This is one where I hope the coaches saw who they played and said whoever the best midfielders they saw. I know I'm happy that Marissa Vigiano got on the first team, something I've been campaigning for all year. rest of these look like solid choices. I know I saw Molly Fiedler. She was really good at uh, circulating Minnesota's attack when, when they came to play us.
1: Yeah, Waltz for Ohio State was a big reason that they ended up being conference champions. Emily Ogle is a fantastic player for Penn State, a really talented team. Pick it a good choice as well for Wisconsin. It's hard to really kind of get up in arms about any of these. Going back to forwards quickly, I think April Bakken would have probably been on my second team ahead of Cheslick simply because of the assist numbers for Bakken. Yeah. But again, that's a, that's a small bone to pick. Squires, Edwards, Williams is a very solid first team. I think it's a very deserved first team for all three of those. And Williams as, as forward of the year, when you take the goals and assists into consideration yeah. and everything that she's done to carry that
0: Purdue team into the Big Ten Tournament. Understandable. The, deep, the yeah. three defenders. I almost feel bad for Danny Rhodes who uh, had a ridiculous year in goals—ten uh, goals in eighteen games. Did not get on the first team, but that's how it Sometimes happens. Sometimes it's yeah. how it goes. In the defense,
1: one hundred percent deserved for Sharple's—not just for her defensive abilities, but she's a dangerous player in the box. Didn't see a ton of Miramontes or Walcott this year, but I think both of those are, are very deserved. And as we've said, it's hard to argue with Casey Murphy as all Big Ten first team. Uh, the goals against record is in her favor as well as just her outright physical ability, which is, is hard to argue. The
0: thing about Casey Murphy is, if you're you know you're a woman's soccer fan, you're a fan of the United States national team, she could be a name you hear for a long time. Absolutely, uh, certainly a goalkeeping gap, generational gap between Alyssa Neher right now, last goalkeeper who also came through the Big Ten uh, a, a while ago. And they need someone. Casey Murphy could be that keeper.
1: Yeah, and Murphy has another year of eligibility, but all signs yeah. seem to point that she's not going to take that. She has her eyes on the 2019 World Cup, and I think she should she, with
0: how good she is. She could get in. Third goalkeeper for the U.S. squad. Yep. Uh You know, we're, we're not Rutgers fans, especially Northwestern soccer podcasters, but Big Ten soccer, hey, good luck, Casey Murphy. Right. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, final thing for me, Chantel Swaby on the second team as a defender. Could have seen her on the first team. I think she was also a big reason why Rutgers was so successful defensively. You give Murphy the credit because she's the goalkeeper, but a lot of times, as we've seen, sometimes center backs get lost in the fold there with the success of, of the uh, the players in front of them.
0: And It, it could often be that if you're a defender that scores goals, it boosts your stock on these award lists, even regardless of who might be a better defender, sure. just because it's so hard to judge them with the metrics we have.
1: For the most part, I, there's not a ton <coughs> to disagree with on this list. It's just the fact that Lauren Glenn didn't get third team, at least if not second no. team is it. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. And it doesn't. sometimes that happens, I guess. And, and that's frustrating, obviously sure. from that perspective, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. It's not going to, I don't think it is any sort of a, a blight on her Northwestern career. I don't think it should be viewed as anything because she played like at least the third or second best goalkeeper in the big 10 this year. And didn't get rewarded for it. Sometimes that happens because it's sport.
0: That's the way... But you know it, it you know the best to way to respond? There's still some postseason out, soccer left. Exactly.
1: Go out and cle- keep three straight clean sheets and win a Big Ten title. And then, you know, have a little, hey. Yeah. remember me?
0: Yeah.
1: And also, also, just while I'm at it. This is why all ballots need to be made public in every single awards thing ever. If you are the type of person who's going to leave Lauren Clem off, I should know who you are. If you are going to make these picks you should have to stand by them publicly it's the, coaches. it's the coaches again every coach should have to make the ballot public you can't just slap people on and deny people this experience without having <coughs> to potentially defend yourself to angry media members like me make awards ballots public that's all I'll say
0: pretty sure Austin and I comprise a lot of the Big Ten women's soccer media right uh, again but, but with good reason
1: I don't think anybody's yeah. going to be calling up Greg Ryan
0: out yeah. of the blue unless it was us but you know again we'd just like to have a word right I'd like to know, <laughs> just so I can take that into consideration when thinking about you as a coach in the future. Well, that about wraps it up for us, Austin Miller and Amit Malik. It's been another really fun episode here of kicking It because we're the business end of the season. This is where things get a lot of fun. The postseason is upon us. We're really excited to keep delivering you all the Northwestern soccer content you need as we get down here to the end of it. Last reminder: you got that Big Ten tournament game on Sunday, two thirty p.m. Tune in to Austin and I, along with Frederick and Parker, Frederick Bujay and Parker Johnson, who'll be helping out with the pregame and postgame. And then also make sure you tune in right now for the interview with Michael Moynihan. And if you got this far, thanks for listening. Get ready for the interview. If you somehow press backwards fifteen seconds because you went the interview and you messed up, thanks. We don't have any Bashikdas jokes to make, but we hope you're ready for a good interview with Coach. Thanks for listening. Uh, to the Kickin' it, it Soccer podcast here on WNUR. Hi, I'm Amit Malik of WNUR Sports here with Northwestern's women's soccer coach, Michael Moynihan, for our weekly chat. Coach, we just finished up, you just finished up your regular season coming off of a 1-0 win at Michigan State. Your team now sits at second in the Big Ten. Kind of after the start of the season, now you guys are back at the top of the Big Ten almost. How does it feel to just to get to this point, feeling that you're in a good spot ahead of the Big Ten tournament?
2: Yeah, it feels great. You know, a few weeks ago, I would not have guessed that this is you know where we would have finished. Um, we we're coming off you know the heels of two really uh, tough defeats. That you know, one we weren't really totally pleased with our performance. The other, I thought we actually played pretty well and controlled the match. You know how soccer goes and. So uh, the fact that our players, you know, showed such resilience and uh, kept believing and, you know, at that point we said to them, we we need to win out, we need to win the next four and that looked like a pretty daunting task with some of the competition ahead of us and uh, we were able to do it. So, um, you know, we got a little bit of help on the last day with uh, some other results and, you know, here we are at the beginning of the season, you know, if we have said we can get up to second, uh, I think you'd have to be pretty happy happy with that, and uh, the way we got there this year I thought it was especially gratifying. Team coming along as the season has been going along, four straight
0: shutouts to close the season, uh, you mentioned the tough stretch at home, you guys took care of business against three very tough teams, and then a good win against Michigan State. Mentally, how did you guys get to that point where came to the crunch time of the season you guys brought out your best performances
2: yeah you know I've always said this team shows an awful lot of fight I mean there it's a very uh spirited group and uh, you can see it in the competitiveness and you know just every day in training and I think the you know the missing element we were we were short on some details uh and I you know we kind of brought it on ourselves uh our own demise in a few situations where you know, if we pay a little bit better attention to details, maybe we get those uh, other wins. And um, fortunately, we learned the lesson early enough. Uh, I give the players a lot of credit for taking responsibility, doing some things on their own to kind of shore things up. And, um, you know, that made that made a big difference. I, I think their focus to change that part, you know, when I called them out on it, um, shows an awful lot of maturity for one, but it also showed that... Um, they had the desire, you know, to do it. They they wanted to take it upon themselves. They weren't satisfied with where they were at, and uh, you put this team up against the wall, and you know you know you're going to get a fight. So let's talk about those two games uh, this past
0: week, starting on Saturday against Nebraska, team that draws a lot. Their their defense was it, it was very good. They were very scrappy. You guys ultimately got a kind of quick set piece goal, big header from Kayla Sharples. Kayla Stolzman got her first collegiate goal. How are you guys able to kind of scrap by a very resolute
2: team? Yeah, that was a tough game. Uh, I I always feel like they're one of the toughest to play against. They've they usually play some type of a system that is uh, unique to the rest of the Big Ten, um, and this year was no different. They played you know with a three back formation, uh, kind of a box midfield, which is difficult to play against, and then. Uh, It it leads to, and then with three up front, so it leads to a very open game against a lot of teams. Um, The shape we opted for to to counter that left us with very little width. Um, So it turned into a bit of a stalemate in a lot of ways. Um, But man, you know, every kid on that team serves the ball really well. They are a very aggressive attacking team. I think it stretches. They played some really good soccer, some of the best we've seen in the Big Ten. So, I'm sitting there at the end of the day wondering how they didn't get into the Big Ten tournament because I thought they were a, a really quality side. And, um, you know, it's too bad that they didn't, you know, qualify. But, um, you know, I thought our, our our team executed our game plan really well. Um, there was a few pieces, you know, maybe missing in terms of the attacking part that, you know, we, we could have connected a little bit better on. But um, I thought we did a really nice job neutralizing some of their attacking threats and... Uh, certainly earned the victory
0: felt like the best play of the game for your team was when lavera got a really nice long ball through the midfield hit a shot off the post felt like you guys had maybe at that point figured out the nebraska defense
2: yeah you know we talked about it more at halftime so someone <coughs> coming in you know with uh as i said so so we kind of played a box midfield ourselves with only two forwards and um it shored us up a little bit defensively and through the midfield, but it left us without any width. And in the first half, I think we were trying to get too much width from a forward, which really didn't make sense, um, and not what we had talked about. And in the second half, we started to get a little bit more width from our attacking midfielders, um, which allowed our forwards to penetrate up the middle a little bit better. And, uh, and sure enough, you know that's what, uh, where Brenna got through and um, almost took advantage of it. Moving on to the Michigan State game
0: last night, your team knew you needed a win to clinch home field advantage. Obviously things broke your way outside of that match. But going in, tough team on their senior night, kind of a slow start. How did you guys eventually get that second half set piece goal?
2: Um. Yeah, really tough to game, you know. Uh, <coughs> we knew that they wouldn't. You know just lay down for us uh, with it being senior night their last home game you know for their careers um, we were playing on a really wet and uh, kind of slow field so you know we knew it would be a battle um, I feel like we, we could have converted probably three in the first half that we didn't their keeper you know got to give her some credit for making one really nice save uh, two of them we hit off target that we should have probably finished um, but You know, in the second half, uh, you know, it was a corner kick that we've worked on a bit and now we've, you know, it's led to a couple of goals for us. So I thought Cass did a nice job executing and obviously Brenna did what she needed to do. It was pretty clever, you know, a little flick that she put in to to score the goal. Um, You know, we always feel whenever we get a set piece, the whole team is kind of energized and like, you know, this could be it, this could be it. And uh, it's a neat mentality to see.
0: Last two set piece goals you guys scored, not the bread and butter you guys get. Mercer Vigiano puts a nice ball into the box for one of your big center backs. How is that set piece variety helping you guys? You know, teams are scouting your set pieces. How have we been able to sprinkle that in and give your guys more dynamic options on the set pieces?
2: Yeah, I mean, a lot of people were really focused on uh, Kayla in particular, but Hannah as well, and uh, and also Michelle Chernesky. Um, and really bottling things up, so the ability to play short corner kicks and generate dangerous opportunities forces teams to send numbers out and deal with that. If they do that, it opens up you know the people in the box. So uh, that development, I think, has, has helped us <coughs> stay um, uh, dangerous you know, in those types of situations. <laughs> Moving on to this
0: weekend, quarterfinal Sunday, you're hosting against Purdue team you you said decent performance against them things didn't go your way and then weren't able to get back in that match 2-0 loss at Purdue you get to see them again how does playing them once affect the way you're going to play them this time in a knockout game
2: well you know it's uh I, I thought they were good um you know they have some very dangerous players um you know, where they beat us was two set pieces, not even through the run of play, uh, though they were able to generate some good scoring opportunities through the run of play. We don't give up too many goals off of set pieces, so that's something we need to be better with in this game. Um, you know, but the whole psychology of it, are, are, I think our kids would be hungry no matter what because it's a Big Ten tournament game and it's, you know, you, you need to win to advance, um, but to be able to to play against a team that got the better of us, you know, I think our, our girls are looking forward to that opportunity. Um, and see what they can do. You know, hopefully uh, we can put together a little bit better performance this time around. Mentally, a few different things to keep your eye, for us to keep our eye on
0: um, heading into this one. I'll start with your team is a very experienced squad in big games. Uh, you know, three NCAA tournament games last year, won a Big Ten tournament game that went down to penalty kicks. You closed out a game against Illinois to win the title. You needed a result against Michigan State. So a lot of games where your team needed to come through and they have... You know, how does that help when, you know, for a lot of the first years, it's their first knockout game?
2: Yeah, well, to be honest, we've played the last four games like they're knockout games. I mean, that was our approach. Like, we have to win this game. And, um, you know, I th- as I said, I think it's a very competitive group, very resilient. And when their backs are against the wall, uh, I like what they do. You know, they just very stubborn mentality. And... Um, that experience certainly helps as well. You know they're they're developing into a mature side that believes that, you know they can get it done when they need to. Other factor, it's huge for you guys
0: that you got this game at home. What does that mean that you're gonna be able to play a knockout game at home? You've said multiple times, team really gets up for that. But in a one-off scenario, I feel like that
2: helps even more. Oh yeah, you know for sure. One, it's gonna help just as far as the travel we. we got back at one in the morning last night from from michigan state you know being on the road for two days missing classes uh you know it's a tough time for our kids academically they're they're right in the middle of a very intense period and um you know most of them spent the day yesterday in the hotel studying and you know we had some rooms set aside and then we go play get back at one in the morning and they're back at classes today so to be at home in their own beds in a familiar environment where they can just get into their normal routine I think makes a big difference, um, but they also take a lot of pride in defending our home turf. And one of the players, I think yesterday was saying something. I don't, I'm not one hundred percent sure on the accuracy of it, but we haven't given up a goal in Big Ten play. I believe we have in not two the, years. The last goal
0: Northwestern conceded in Big Ten play at home was against Michigan last year, two one win. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michelle and Olivia, and that, that and that was a penalty kick, and that was a penalty kick too. Yeah. So I'd have to dig and find the last one at open play. But it seems mm-hmm. like you guys have really made Martin your fortress.
2: Yeah, yeah, and uh, hopefully we don't give up any penalty kicks. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's fun to play at home. We'd like to, you know, be able to bring an exciting match, hopefully, to to the students here at Northwestern and the community, and, you know, hopefully we get a good crowd out there to, to support them. Speaking of penalty kicks,
0: it happened last year against Nebraska. It's just on your mind as a team. You know it's an option in a knockout game. Do you guys do a little extra just to, to work on that knowing that that's something can
2: ha- that can happen? Yeah, for sure. It's something that we work on through the course of the season. We're periodically, you know, if we tie something, maybe we're having a competition within the team. Um, you know, it, it might just be a, a game that we're playing and it ends in a tie. We'll do a little penalty shootout and, you know, constantly put them into scenarios where they're under a little bit of pressure. It's not quite the same, but, you know, you try to replicate it as much as we can. And... Um, They've done well with it, you know. It's, uh, I think, some of them really look forward to the opportunity to take one now. You know, it's not a team that's afraid. And then, not that you you want
0: to play for penalties, but how confident do you feel if it does get to when most what it is for most teams, kind of just a dice roll that you have Lauren Clem in the net, one of the best goalkeepers in the country.
2: Yeah, no, it's uh it's very comforting, you know. She's she's a long girl, you know, so she can cover a lot and. Uh, even if she just stands there, she's got a lot of the goal covered. So, um, you know, it's – I think we uh, tied for the lead in the Big Ten this year with shutouts again, and, um, you know, I think a lot of teams would be a little bit nervous seeing her in there, you know, if they have to face her. Last question, asked this almost every week. It's a knockout
0: game. You need someone to step up. Obviously, you you want your offense, new players to get involved maybe not necessarily from the offense just who are your leaders that you really want to see get this team through this first round game this weekend
2: um i mean it's always the, the usuals I, I am such a believer in a team effort you know it's it's hard to to single out i think if we look at just the last couple of games um you know two of our midfielders that i think uh Marissa vigiano has really stood out um both in terms of her ball winning which I think sometimes gets overshadowed because she's been so good on the ball, um, but also just what she does going forward with the ball. Like you know, we moved her yesterday into a more attacking midfield position, and uh, she really caused havoc for them. And um, you know that if she can get a goal, I'd love to see it because I think she's she's one that deserves to get one. Um, she's got a lot of assists, but I you know she's starting to get some good shots from outside the box, and I'd love to see her to get a goal. Uh, and then also Michelle Chernesky. Um, she's really been a rock. Great ball winner. you know, Developing a much more composed presence you know, as a holding midfielder for us. Um, wins a lot of balls and has been a lot steadier with her distribution. So uh, looking for those two to kind of, if we can win the battle of the midfield, um, we'll be in good shape. Great. Thanks a lot, Coach. Should be a good game this weekend. Trying sure yeah. to be out there. Yeah, looking forward to
0: it.